cliffcentral.com Oh, it's my favorite version. It's the trippy version of Leanne, of Anthea's song. She works hard for the money. Take it away. She works hard for the money. She is. Hey, Anthea, what's up? Good morning. I can see why we needed that this morning. Anthea, I heard, you, I, I heard you had to smoke a lot to get your voice that low for that recording. <laughs> a lot, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, and some training beautiful. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne Manis gave her lessons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why, why do you think we needed that version this Oh, morning? it's month end. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, everything happens at month end. So... And again, the politicians are driving me insane. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like I want to get out of this world sometimes. Did you hear, like, I kind of like Edward Kisvetter because I know he's, he's a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. And I think he's good for SARS because he's also quite scary and he's the way that, (laughs) no, the way the tax man should be, right? But he goes on TV last week and I saw the gist of what he was saying is that we're all responsible for the disaster that we're in. And I felt like, you know, climbing through the TV and actually giving him a smack because we're not all responsible. Taxpaying citizens have done what they've always done. They've followed the rules. They've paid their taxes. And now this guy's saying, no, we're all complicit in the, the, what, the situation. It, where No, we're not. Reference to what? The, 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 the whole the, the, the fiscus, the, the problem wow. that we've got with how much money the country owes, how much has been stolen. I'm like, no, we're not all thieving. That's a bit cheeky of him. Yeah, it is cheeky. You, you know, yeah. the, it's, it's like taking the ANC's collective responsibility and applying it across society. It's not true. Most people are not deceitful, thieving sons of bitches like the government are. <laughs> to put a fine point no, on No, we're it. really not. And, and people who are paying tax, and that's the, the middle class in this country... You can't blame them. They're the only ones keeping the whole machine running. It's funny because I didn't hear last week's speech, but I have previously heard him talk about um, taxpaying citizens and how great we are and what we're doing right. So I'm surprised to hear him say that. Yeah, I was it, it too. It seems a bit... It's very disappointing. And, and that's very unlike Edward to, to throw out something like that. Um, yeah, his political bosses might just be putting some pressure mm, on him. Either way. politics. Yeah. Politics across the oceans. Let's talk about that just very, very briefly. All right. So, you know, they started impeachment process on Donald Trump. I mean, he's not the first U.S. president to have impeachment process started. Well, I think he'd only be the fourth. No, I think there's a lot more, actually. So I looked this up. I mean, there's the obvious ones. There's Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And um, then Jackson. And James Buchanan. James Buchanan. Andrew Johnson. Okay. uh, John Tyler. George W. Bush oh, and Barack Obama, but not all of them were successful. And, right. and I think that's what you're saying, right? I think so. so. I think the successful ones. I thought it was much less, but okay. Well, yeah, so those are, who have uh, impeachment proceedings started against them. So we'll see where this goes. But I tell you what, we walked into the, uh, I walked into the office the next morning and everyone was going, what do you think this is going to do to the market? What's, and I was like, hmm, does anyone really care? I mean, so it's a bit, it's a kind of funny old thing, but it did have an impact because the S&P, when it started, the S&P fell its biggest drop in a month that day. 
Um, so, so we do know it's negative for the market. Okay. Well, of course, it's, a, it's any instability, any uncertainty just makes That's what traders is, right. scared. And in the UK, we've got Boris Johnson. Yeah, there's even more uncertainty there. I honestly the No thought Deal Brexit's what? To, no, it's the end of next end month. Of next month yeah. Yeah. So they've still got a month to tidy themselves up. But I thought Johnson would be the shortest-serving prime minister in Britain. Um, 63 days he was last week, last week Thursday. So today, call it 70 days. George Canning was the shortest at 119 days, and I think he died in office. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, there are new records being set. All she right. said rubbing her hands. Yeah, yeah this, is not, this is not good news, though, for the markets. No, and, of course, the, the China trade war continues to... To irritate do, do you know and that that's been people. going for a year? We've been speaking about yeah. that for a year. I feel uh, like it seems even that Trump is changing his mind on this. You know, you and I always said, if you're going to be a free market kind of person, then let the free market make the decisions. Yeah. And and here we've got Trump interfering, and he's supposedly a free market guy, and Gosh. and he's he's doing what is essentially protectionism. I, I think Trump goes where the wind blows. Yeah, I think he does. He's. I think he's just trying to. Get popularity points up. Yeah, because last week in front of the UN, he stood up and criticized Beijing. This is after yeah. the week before. He said, oh, no, things are going really well. We're negotiating well. The man can't make up his mind, honestly. Yeah. All right. And all of that. You, so, you know, South Africa follows global markets. Um, and as of Friday, because it's month end today, I checked, the all share index was down 5% for the quarter, and it could be the worst third quarter performance in nine years. Hmm. Mostly property and construction sectors leading the way down, um, so that's the worst. That's and terrible. but it's, it's awful. It's just horrible to see this happen. Um, but despite all of this, we still managed to raise $5 billion in our biggest ever Eurobond sale. Now, I know this is going to sound counterintuitive, but a Eurobond is a South African government-issued bond in dollars, not euros. Hmm. <laughs> the name just happens to be Eurobonds. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, we raised $5 billion. We wanted to raise $4 billion. That was the government's aim. It was 2.7 times oversubscribed. So what happens now, in fact, is that we've got – an extra billion dollars for next year's fiscus. The problem, and everyone's like, wow, that's exciting because it shows that global investors are looking to South Africa and investing in South Africa. Mm, and yeah, I guess that's kind of true, mm -hmm. but it really is a yield play. So there were two notes, the 10-year and the 30-year maturities. And the 10-year went out at 4.85%, so government's paying 4.85% in dollars. Right. Make, take note of this one, because as the exchange rate changes, their interest payment goes up or down. And 5.75% for the 30-year. And this, and, and so obviously global investors are going, oh, I can get almost 6% in dollars, where if I invested in EDF, which is the French electricity utility, I get 1.5%. Wow. Yeah. So quite, I mean, I tried to look and see where emerging market government bonds, uh, euro bonds were trading and they really are all over the place. So I kind of thought, oh, that's a waste of time. Um, but, but it really is about the yield. And so everyone, so as I was saying, everyone's very excited that we're able to raise money from the global investment community. But actually, if you think about it, what we've done is increase our debt to income ratio because it's not like, as Edward Kiesvetter said, it's not like our income has increased, but our debt mm. still has increased. You yeah. know, we've borrowed more money. Um, so I think 
The budget speech, which, by the way, was delayed, it's now on the 30th of October. Um, I, I think it's going to be a difficult one, a very right. difficult one. Okay. And then lots of company news, very peculiar company news for like pick and pay. Here's the headline for pick and pay. Total debt increased to 17 billion rand from 1.6 billion rand. Ten times it increased in a year. Sure. Like what a crazy headline, right? But actually it was just an accounting issue. So all they've done is taken IFRS 6 and said that their theoretical lease liabilities now have to go onto the balance sheet, which all sounds very complicated, but it's not. So obviously pick and pay rents a lot of stores, right? Um, and the accounting practice is now saying that actually they have to reflect their rental payments out for however long those rentals are. Um, and that's how that happened. But okay. I, I, when I saw the headline, can you imagine? Yes, absolutely. No, that's that's pretty terrifying. Hell. Um, and 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 pick and pay said they still have no long term debt, and so it actually doesn't affect their risk profile or their liquidity or ability to raise funds. So they're fine. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, we have to talk about this banking strike first of all, very briefly, because you know. First, SASBO were going to have the first banking strike in like a hundred years or something. Yes. Um, and then last week, Thursday, the labor court ruled that it was unconstitutional or un- illegal, or whatever. And so they had to call off the strike. Um, and then on Thursday, Capitec put out results saying that where all the other banks were firing people or retrenching or letting people go, Capitec are hiring people. So they're hiring another 600 people in the next couple of months where everyone else is laying How, how do they back the trend? Tell me, how, how have they figured this out and the others haven't? Um, so definitely it's a, it's a change of, um, it's a change of the model, right? So they're targeting lower LSM groups, uh, very strong customer growth. They're still adding 200,000 new clients per month. Wow. And this is over the last month. They now have 12.6 wow. million active clients. They've introduced the credit card, which has increased by 71% in the last year. So they really are targeting, um, Low, you know, they're advertising, marketing, low fees, promising low fees and higher returns. And I think the consumer's just woken up and saying, well, actually, you know what? I don't really care for free, um, um, airport lounge, um, yeah, I just want access. cheaper rates. Yeah. Just give me, don't charge me so much for having a check account Absolutely. or a credit card or whatever it yeah. is. So yeah, some really great numbers out out of Capitec. So even um their income from operations rose seven percent. which in an environment where everyone else is retrenching and cutting jobs and right. you know, Capitec's doing that. And of course they're very much focused on um n- as l- as few branches as possible, really doing digital they App transactions doubled, yes. which is fantastic. Um, so, so really, people I think just are cottoning on to this new way of doing banking. Fantastic. And you, and I don't know if you remember in two thousand and good for them by the way. Year, I mean, yeah. like we've we got so many bad news stories. Good for Capitec that they're managing to to do all of this. Indeed, in an, in an, in a depressed economy, it's very good. Yeah. So, so the, the the one thing we look at. When we look at the banks, we watch very carefully our bad debts, obviously. And in an, yeah. an environment like this, when um, the consumer's under pressure, they've borrowed money, they lose their jobs, or they can't afford to 
repay their debt. That is the one thing that does worry us. And so we're watching that very carefully and really hoping that Capitech is not an African, another African bank, um, because that is what caused the demise of African bank. Yeah. And then while we're on the financial sector, our insurance are saying that they're selling their New Zealand insurance business, UE, which is a short-term insurer, to Tower Insurance, which is New Zealand's third largest general insurer. Um, and our insurance have said they're going to unlock value. And this is not just about the potential transaction, which is between 94 and 122 million rand. Right. This is actually about releasing capital of 400 million rand. So if you're a bank insurer, asset manager, you need liquidity requirements. You need to meet liquidity requirements and you have very stringent um, insurance for key personnel and that sort of thing. Um, and in our insurance's case, UE is costing them, in inverted commas, costing 400 million rand a year because that's how much money you have to put sure. aside. I know. It's, it's, I know. That's hectic. Yeah. It's very. Right. Um, and, of course, you know you can't get access to our insurance because they're not direct access, I should say, because they're not listed on the JSC. But you can get access to them through RMI, Rand Merchant Insurance Holdings, which also earns discovery. I mean, so you can either buy Discovery directly or you can have Rand Merchant merchant Insurance, which 40% of Rand RMI is made up of Discovery and Outsurance. So you can get through that. Okay. Um, And then the last financial services business that reported last week was Exponent. Um, And for those who have been in the market as long as I have, (laughs) you'll know that they used to be John Daniels Holdings. Um, I don't remember that. Sounds like a cigarette brand. It does too, doesn't it? Mm. John Daniels Holdings. <laughs> well, they're a venture capital investment holding group. <laughs> they said that their loss was going to be a hundred, or increase, or fall by, I should say, increase, a hundred and ninety-five percent. They're going to make a loss of six point six cents per share, and the share is only trading at fourteen cents per share. Oh. So I got a news flash this morning about Forever Twenty One. Oh, yes. Yes, I know about all about that. So they're filing for bankruptcy. A couple of weeks ago, they said they were going into liquidity because they grew too quickly. They opened too many stores. And finally, this weekend, whenever it was, Sunday, yesterday, Saturday, I don't know, they um, said that they're filing for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting, I know. And that's apparently just opened too many stores. Exactly. Expanded too quickly. Um, and, And, you know, I think... So they're not, they're permanently 21, not forever 21. <laughs> semi permanently. <laughs> at the moment. Semi- <laughs> Help yourself. In transient 21. Mm. Okay. Maybe 21. Just right. had to Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. So, so we spoke about Blue Label the other day. What's the new, what, the, what, what is the latest there? So they put out their results last week. This is a super interesting one. The share fell 10%, another Oof. 10% Oof. after releasing results. And this, by the way, is after the JSC threatened to suspend the share because they kept delaying their results. Oh, my um, God. So revenue is down 3% to $25.9 billion down. Headline loss, they're making a loss per share of 3 rand and 12 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the core businesses of Blue Label, like providing airtime, data starter packs, sure. prepaid electricity services, are actually profitable. The issue here is Cell C, which, <laughs> as you know, made a loss of 8 billion rand uh, this is this is compared to the previous year's loss of 656 million rand so humongous i, I mean just absolutely crazy you know so uh, i mean 
Sure. When we spoke, I, I can't remember if I told you this, but when we spoke about it the last time, they'd been downgraded and they were unable to pay their debt. They, they have nine billion rands worth of debt on their books. And this is for a company that makes 22 billion rand a year in revenue, not profit, revenue. Um, so they're obviously doing something wrong on that scale. The interesting thing about Blue Label, which the market seems to be completely um, dismissing, is that they've sold two businesses to the value of a billion rand. This is a company with a market cap of three billion rand. So it doesn't make sense for the share to fall another 10%. So I think the market suspects that there's something else going on that they're not putting in their results. Um so yeah, so it's wow. an, you know the market's just not giving them the benefit of the doubt for this billion rand that they're suddenly going mm. to get for selling businesses. Hectic. Mm-hmm. It's a big story, I think. One to follow closely. All right. All right. Anything else? No, I think that that's enough for today. Don't you think? I <laughs> think she says with a big sigh, <laughs> taking it out of us. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Anthea. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cliffcentral.com.